Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. And what you don't know um, before those poised and professional announcements from the high school kids, they were playing a game called Zombies. So pretty impressive that they gave such amazing announcements. Shout out to all the high schoolers. And as they said, a lot of cool things are happening in the life of the church right now. A lot of great classes, women's Bible study, the Micah 6-8 class, the Art of Discipleship class is coming up. And so check out those things on the MontroseChurch.org website and go to that gatherings tab and you can find out more information there. And no, I'm not Dave. As you can tell, um, Pastor Dave is away and he's um, letting the young guy preach, which I'm excited about this morning. We're going to be continuing our Empowered series. I'm delivering part three and we've been going through... um, the book of Acts and the early church and what does it have to say to us today, the church in 2020. And this morning's message is titled, Empowered to Share. Empowered to Share. And I want to start with this. Have you ever heard of the little phrase, back to the basics? Back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Uh, I love the game of baseball. And I know we have some baseball lovers at Montrose Church Um, I'm not a big Dodgers guy, but congrats to the Dodgers fans, you know, another good year. Um, We'll see if they can win the World Series this year. I don't know. But I love baseball, and I love to train young people in the game of baseball, and I do kind of some one-on-one sessions, and it's been a little more difficult with COVID lately. But there's this one young kid I train, he's only in the fifth grade, and he shows up to our training sessions and he has his phone out and he shows me all these highlights. These amazing plays, these amazing throws and, and different catches that Dodgers players and all other teams are making. And he says, Colt, I need you to teach me how to do this. I need to be able to make these plays. And I'm always like, I always say the same to, thing to him. I'm always like, you know, we're going to get there, dude. We got to hit the basics first though because he's only in fifth grade. And so we got to work on you fielding the ground balls cleanly and making good throws and catching the ball. We got to work on those basics first. And then those great outcomes, those highlight plays will come. And he's like, okay, okay. And so we'll be out there doing ground balls and stuff and he'll be trying to make those plays. And it doesn't always always work out. And so I'm always saying to him, hey, let's get back to the basics. Let's get back to the basics. Let's hit these basics. Our scripture in Acts today is somewhat of a back to the basics text for the church, for us. Back to the basics. I googled back to the basics and uh, the Cambridge English Dictionary came up with this definition of that little phrase and it said this, returning to the simple and most important things. Returning to the simple and most important things. So many times in our lives, in our walks and journeys with Jesus, We are like my friend, wanting the highlights, wanting the amazing outcomes, wanting the revival in our hearts, in our church, in our community, but we can't skip past the basics. We have to know and practice the basics, and the basics will drive us to those great outcomes. And so that's what we're going to be diving into. 
um, this morning. In our world where things are crazy, complex, divisive, what can the church do during this time? What can we do? And we'll see in Acts 2, 42 through 47 today that we need to get back to the basics and we'll find a shared life together. So let me give a little context um, before we jump into our scripture for this morning. Pastor Dave has been preaching through this the last few weeks. Acts 2 begins with Pentecost. And the disciples are waiting on the comforter to come. They're waiting on this person that Jesus has told them about. The spirit of God, they're waiting. And sure enough, the comforter does come. A rushing wind fills the space. The ruach of God fills the space. And people begin to start hearing different languages and there's tongues of fire and it's amazing and the people are crazy confused. What's going on? And so they immediately think, oh, all these people must be drunk. They must have had way too much to drink. And Peter quickly says, no, they're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. But this is exactly what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on God's people. And that's what's happening at Pentecost. The spirit of God is being poured out on God's people. And it's the birthplace of the church. And Peter continues his sermon. He continues preaching to the masses. And he says, Jesus, this man who you crucified is Lord and Messiah. He rose from the dead. And we were all witnesses to it. So repent and be baptized and follow Jesus. And verse 41, right before our verses for today, tells us that 3,000 people accepted that message and were baptized and began to follow Jesus. 3,000 people after Peter um, gave the message in the spirit. And that is a mic drop sermon right there. 3,000 people. And so that's kind of the context of where we are so I invite you to, gra- to grab your Bibles or pull out your YouVersion app and follow along here. Acts 2, 42 through 47. And these are the basics. We'll see the basics in verse 42, and we'll see the amazing shared life that comes out of these um, basics. So here it is, starting at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so we see right away in verse 42, they devoted themselves to four things. And I want to look at those four commitments, those four practices that the early church really found to be vital to their community. And those four commitments will show us the amazing shared life that they had. And it will take us to this community that was contagious, that had literally been like nothing ever before. This community would change the world. So here's number one, the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching, they were convinced of Jesus' teaching and his teaching through the disciples. They filled their minds with the teachings of Christ and the apostles. They knew that it would shape their lives and renew their hearts. And and church, that's why I'm here right now. And that's why all over the U.S. and the world, people have some awesome worship music and like we had today, 
uh, thanks to the band, they have awesome worship music, and then someone will come up here and open scripture and proclaim the gospel. And that's why we center around scripture, because it's so vital. And the spirit is with us when we proclaim the gospel and we hear the gospel even. I was in a preaching class my junior year of college, and we had to give a couple sermons um, throughout the semester. And so I was preaching, I think it was Revelation 18 or 19 that I was preaching about. And I was preaching, and I kept doing this thing where I would, I would preach, and then I would jump back to the text, and I would say, oh, sorry, let me get back to Scripture. I'd read Scripture, and then I'd, I'd continue to preach, whatever. Sorry, let me jump back to Scripture. And I apologize, and I, I said that maybe three or four times throughout the sermon, just a little thing I was doing. So after the sermon, uh, my peers are there giving me some feedback and stuff, and then my professor, who is also my pastor, we had a great relationship he said to me, he said, Colt, don't ever apologize for reading scripture. It's better than anything you'll ever say. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> ouch. But I was able to hear it because we had such a good relationship. And he was exactly right. In my ambitious, preaching, young mind, I was like, man, I have so many good things to say. Let me, let me get back to scripture really quick, but then let me get back to what I have to say. And that's wrong. Because scripture carries weight. They're not just words on a page. God inspired these words to shape us and to show us who Jesus is and to invite us into a story. That's why Bible studies are still a thing. We have Bible studies here at Montrose Church. I'm actually doing a Bible study with the high school kids on Sunday nights because I want them to fill their minds with scripture, to shape them and mold them and not just know about scripture, but to know the words and let it guide their life. It's a vital part of who we are called to be as Christians. And let me just ask you point blank, is it a vital part of who you are? Do you read scripture? Do you dive into it? Do you let it shape your mind and launch you in a trajectory every single day of the story of Jesus, a story of compassion, of love, of hope? Because that's what we need right now. Number two is fellowship. Fellowship. And to be honest, this is the most difficult one because of the pandemic, because of the situations we've been in lately. And so it's hard to gather together as the body of Christ. And we haven't been able to do that in this sanctuary. Um, but I'm so thankful for God giving creative minds to different people. And so we're able to have this technology like Zoom and Google Hangout and Skype and FaceTime and, and all those things. Um, to stay connected and to be together still. Because it's important. And the early church knew the value of coming together. Christianity Today states, and this is pre-COVID. This is a pre-COVID statistic. But Christianity Today states that the average Christian attends church a little under two times a month. A little under two times a month. Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave and I were kind of talking about this sermon a couple weeks ago, getting ready for it, and he was going through some stuff with me, and, and we talked about this statistic, and so as pastors, that is so heartbreaking, right? It's so heartbreaking, and, and I, know we fill our, I know we fill our time with good things. We have a lot of important and good things that we are doing, but the early church would look at that statistic and go, what? Two times a month? That's not enough. 
That's not enough for the gathering of the called out ones, these Jesus followers. It's not enough because they knew that you can't have community without commitment. To have a great community, you have to have commitment. And even right now, when it's hard with the pandemic, we have to have commitment. And in this season of COVID and the election on the horizon, it's a time to lean in more to the body of Christ. Not less, but more. You can't disconnect Christ and his church. That's what this whole book of Acts is about. As Jesus followers, we must love and be connected to the bride. Now, is the church perfect? Is the church perfect? If we had more people here, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd take a little poll. And I don't think anybody would raise their hand. It's not perfect. The church is not perfect. It's missed the mark many times. But we can't give up on Christ's church. We are a family. Do we fight? Yes. Do we disagree? Yes. Do we think differently? Absolutely. But we must fight for unity and fellowship. Uh, last week, you'll remember Pastor Dave was talking about the diversity of the first uh, followers of Jesus, the early church. And there was zealots, there was fishermen, there was Jews who were working for the Roman Empire that were working against their own people. There were people who thought very differently but they all came together under the banner of Christ. They knew that, the, that Jesus binded them together. And that's what we're after this season. This spirit binding us together despite our differences. And they knew the value of coming together. A pastor friend of mine always says that when an outside person sees the church, they should see a redeemed world. A redeemed world. They should be, see people from all different kinds of backgrounds and ethnicities and Democrats, Republicans, everybody in between. They should see everyone. And they should see, they should see this and go, what is going on? Because that's what happened in the early church. People were puzzled by it. They were confused. What is going on? Because we know that Jesus is the most important thing. And we know that Jesus calls us to love the bride, the body of Christ. And there's value in being together. They were dedicated to Christ, therefore they were dedicated to each other. The early church knew the value in fellowship and they held it as an essential part of who they were as a community. So church, do we? It's hard now and difficult with the pandemic and different things, the restrictions and but can we stay connected? Can we still be in fellowship? Because the Holy Spirit still works over Zoom. Can we call each other and say, hey, how are you doing? I just wanted to check in. I just wanted to encourage and love on you. Number three is breaking bread. Breaking bread. This is referred to as a sharing of a meal centered around the Lord's Supper. They remember Jesus in the upper room in this powerful moment when he washes the disciples' feet and the breaking of bread and the passing of the cup. My body broken for you, my blood shed for you. And if you remember that story, Jesus is saying all these things to the disciples and they don't really know what's going on. They're a little bit confused. Um, what's gonna happen, Jesus? But then they soon find out, right? Jesus goes to the cross, lays down his life, and they think it's over, but it's not. We know the story. The resurrection happens. 
So they remember this amazing sequence of events, the upper room to the cross, the resurrection. And, and so they break bread just as Jesus had told them to do. And they remind themselves that Jesus covered all their sin. He conquered sin and death. They are new creations in Christ. And so they made it a vital part of who they were as a community, to break bread together, to share a meal together, to remind each other that we are a forgiven people. Do we do this? Do we do this? And the quick answer, church, is yes, we do do this. We have communion. And we've been able to have communion still online and different things. Um, But if you can imagine when this pandemic's all over, if we had like this massive lunch or potluck, right? That's the church language. We had that potluck. And um, we were all sitting around the table and Pastor Dave kind of led us in this remembrance in this Eucharist time where we break the bread and we pass the cup and we just remind each other as the body of Christ, as Montrose Church, looking at each other across the table and next to us and say, hey, you're a forgiven person. I'm a forgiven person. We are new creations in Christ. And we have that mission. I think it would be incredibly beneficial for us to do that. Because the early church centered themselves on the redeeming sacrificial lamb who is Christ. They celebrated together that Jesus covered all their sin. Do we treat people in the church as a forgiven people? Many times in the church in the body of Christ, we treat people um, as if sometimes they haven't been forgiven by Jesus, right? We need to treat people and treat ourselves as new creations in Christ. And so the early church knew that it was important to gather and remember this as they broke bread. Number four is prayer. Prayer. The followers devoted themselves to prayer. They all shared in power by looking up to the source. They prayed just as Jesus had modeled it for them in the garden and throughout his life. Prayer is an essential part of church. It's a no-brainer. We've known this since we were just young people. People that are outside of the church, maybe they've never even heard of the church. Um, They know that prayer is a thing that Christians do. But are we devoted to it? Do we practice this vital spiritual discipline on a consistent basis? Do we pray in community? And did everybody know we have a prayer team here at Montrose Church? Uh, We have an awesome prayer team. And if you remember when we gathered in the sanctuary, they would have those giant buttons that said pray on them. And they'd be praying for people and just an incredible group of people. And there's actually people standing by right now that would love to pray for you. They would love that. And one of the biggest blessings about uh, my time here at Montrose Church has been my high school prayer team. And it was started by Allison and Brad Birch, and and they have some parents of some of the youth group kids. And so every month we gather and they pray for Shaylee and I and for the high school leaders and for all the high school students that go to Montrose Church. Specific needs and just generally and It's powerful, and every time I find myself getting off those Zoom calls, those prayer meetings, and I'm just energized, I'm just excited, because I get to go back to these students and say, hey, there's people in this church who care about you deeply, and they're praying for you. They're praying for you on a consistent basis about your journey for school, 
for your well-being, for your walk with Jesus. They're praying for you. Billy Sunday said this about prayer. If you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. The early church knew that if you are a follower of Jesus, prayer matters. And church, in our crazy season of life, life, an election on the horizon, divisiveness everywhere, we need to be praying more. We need to not be praying less. We need to be praying more. We need to be praying for our families, for our church, for our community, for Los Angeles, for the leaders. We need to be praying more, not less. So I want to challenge us to be people of prayer, just like the early church, in community and individually as well. Prayer matters. Okay, so those are the four commitments, the basics. And those four basics lead us to a shared life. They lead us to an amazing community that we see in the early church. So let's jump back to the scripture, verse 43 through 47. After we hear about the basics, here's what happens. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Those who were being saved. Their commonality and unity came from the Holy Spirit and the practicing of these four basics. The Spirit empowered them to share life together. And they were all from different backgrounds and different places, but they were captured by the story of Christ and his calling on their lives. And scripture says in verse 47 that many were added to their number. It was simple. The early church lived out their calling. They valued each other. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to scripture, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They knew that we can't have community without commitment. And as a Jesus follower, you are called to a community and a shared life. And people saw this incredible loving community of the early church in which they shared compassion, resources, possessions, and time. And it was contagious. People were like, what is going on? It started with Pentecost, and then we see it here with the basics, and amazing things happen. So my prayer is that we lean into these four practices and realize the necessity of a shared life as the body of Christ. Even if it's on Zoom, even if we're having to do those things, a shared life. Pastor Dave's been offering us this question um, during this series, and I wanted to add it again today. The question is this, where will the church be in this messy, anxiety-ridden, angry, broken, divisive, misguided, and fearful season? Where will you be? Who should the church be? And who should you be? And church, my hope is that we go back to the basics. Just like my buddy that was fielding those ground balls and making those plays, we hit the basics. We go back to scripture and fellowship, and we really pray. 
And we remember that we are a forgiven people and that sin doesn't get the last word in our lives, but grace does. And we continue to pray and we continue to pray. I want to invite the band back up. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for being here, joining us online, wherever you may be. Empowered series. We are empowered by the Spirit to share life together, to hit these basics and the value of community. And church, my prayer is that in this season, with, and we talk about the craziness and all the divisiveness and stuff a lot. That's because it's around, though. <sighs> Have you seen social media lately? But my prayer is that just like the early church, people would see Montrose Church, not the building, but the people. They would encounter you wherever you go throughout the week, and they would see a people, and they would say, hey, what is going on? Why are those people so compassionate and loving? Why do they show each other so much grace? What is going on? That they would see a people who don't destroy each other in the comments on social media. And yes, we have some differences, but we know that Christ unifies us and he is greater than all our differences. So can we come together with the Spirit's help in this season? and go back to these basics. Let's hit these basics and remember that the body of Christ is so important right now. I really believe this with all my heart that God's greatest tool he's using in the world right now is the church, is the church. Not the buildings, but the people, you. And so can we lean into that this season? And just like verse 47, maybe God will even add to our number. Who knows? Maybe he will. Let me pray real quick. God, thanks for um, this morning. Thanks for just the chance to open up scripture, God, and talk about you and talk about the early church and how they practiced these four things and they had this incredible shared life, this community that literally changed the world. God, I pray we read that this morning and we don't see it as some far-fetched thing, but we see ourselves in the story. We can do this. And God, I pray that you would empower these people to be your hands and feet this week. Go with them. Help them be the body of Christ. And God, we're going to give you all the glory and praise. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for this time. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.